Well, haven't we had a great time in worship? Let me tell you something. Something's taking place here, okay? I'm listening to what uh, Pastor Tim said, what, what, what Josh said, the words that were given. I want you to know that something is taking place in the house of the Lord today. Can we say amen to that? Listen, we are not just status quo Christians now. Do you understand that? Do you understand? Listen, there's plenty of places where you can go be status quo. Okay, but let me tell you something. In this house, there, there is no status quo Christian as our standard. Can we say amen to that? Let, let me just say this. We now interrupt your regularly scheduled broadcast to bring to you this special report. You are the just. Can we say amen to that? You are people of faith. Can we say amen to that? Come on, say, I'm a person of faith. Listen, this is what we live by. This is what we do. This is who we are. It is by faith. Can we say amen to that? You know, over the last couple of weeks, you know, pastor has shown us that, is that for me? Is that, man, I, I mean, or, or am I just stealing your water? Yeah. Man, my throat is dry. Thank you so much. I don't know if this was for me or not, but thank you. Um, pastor, well, that, that's a, yeah, there we go, there we go. Um, pastor has said over the last couple of weeks that, you know what, that we have it all in Jesus, amen? He's also talked about the promises that we have, and the Bible is full of promises. But how many people know it does you no good if you don't put those promises to work? Amen. Listen, we are people of faith. Listen, what good does a car do you if you never put gas in it? It's no good. And we have these promises. Somebody say promises. We have these promises that, that God has in store for us, but you got to use faith. It has to be faith that activates these promises. Can we say amen to that? And you know what? I believe everybody in here has faith. I believe we want to walk in faith, but the question now becomes, have we really learned how to implement faith in regular, everyday life? Listen, I'm not talking about just when stuff gets big, when stuff gets hard. I'm talking about on a regular basis, do you live by faith? The Bible says this, and that I know of four times, the just. Yeah. Who in here is the just? Who in here? Okay, okay. What makes you the just? What Jesus Christ did. Your believing, your acceptance, your receiving of that. So the Bible says that we live by faith. So now I don't call them problems anymore. I call them opportunities to live by faith. Can we say amen to that? Yeah, this, this, see, this is, see, see, there's a changing, there's a shifting going on because, see, now we're not going to be just assembly line Christians. We just come in, you know, sit down, you know, praise the Lord, and then we're, we're out the door. No, we're going to live by faith. We're going to talk faith. 
We're going to walk faith. We're going to think faith. We're going to look for faith. We're going to expect faith. We're going to respond to all of our situations by faith. Can we say amen to that? See, we got to learn how to make this stuff life applicable, how to do it every day. You know, it's not enough. It's not enough just to come to church on Sunday. You know, we, we, we know what to do when we come in here. You know, the lights get dim, so we come up to the front. You know, we lift up hands, you know. Uh, uh, we, 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 we bow down, and, and then somebody comes over and prays with us. But what do we do outside of this building? How do we live outside of this building? Let me tell you something. The Bible says, if we can have 2 Peter 1.4, the Bible says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, somebody say by these, ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Okay, so what does that reveal to us? There's a divine nature. And the only way you're going to walk in that divine nature is by faith in the promises of God. Can we say amen to that? And if you have faith in the promises of God, then you obey. You obey. You don't live status quo. You don't live based on what other people say and do. You're getting ready to go somewhere now. We don't live based on what other people say and do. We live according to the word. It says, partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So understand today that there is an attempt to steal or prevent you from having a divine nature. Can we say amen to that? There is a way of the world you might want to get ready <laughs> to go start the car. <laughs> there is a way of the world that is not the way of God. I don't care how good it sounds. I don't care if it tickles your ears. I don't care if you go, oh, I agree with that. There is still a way of the world that's contrary against a divine nature. So here's the question that I have. Family. So who has the final say-so in your life? That's the right answer. I'm hearing God, you know, but, but now let's, as Pastor Tim said and others that have come up here, uh, uh, let's really do an inventory of ourselves. So what has you, what causes you to respond to situations the way that you do? We said that the final decision comes from God. Well, what about when you see or hear something that you strongly disagree with? What has the heaviest influence on you when you respond to it? 
I'm posing a question. I want you to think about this. When you see or hear something that you strongly disagree with, what's determining how you respond to it? Now, we just said we're people of faith. We said the just shall live by faith. But here's my, my question. Do you respond by faith? Do you respond according to those promises that the Bible says will cause you to have a divine nature and cause you not to be governed by the lust that's in the world? You say, well, Brother Rick, what are you getting at? What determines how you speak, act, or post when you vote Republican but a Democrat win? Thank you. You're kind of quiet up in here, you know. Oh, Brother Rick, you going there. Yeah, I am. Because guess what? We need to go there. Can we say amen to that? I don't, listen, I'm not into who you vote for not my business. But what I am concerned about as a Christian, how do you respond when things don't go your way? What comes out of your mouth when you say, hey, I believe this and I'm supporting this, but yet something else happens? Do we get to cussing? Or maybe I should say cursing because those are curse words. You speak a curse. Getting ready to mess with somebody right now. You, you speak a curse. And then how many people know you reap what you sow? Yeah, I wouldn't be using that language. Do you get, and I actually typed this, I put, do you get so stinking? I actually put stinking, I left the G off, you know? <laughs> Do you get so stinking mad that your responses are more influenced by Hannity, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, your favorite talk show host? Do you get so mad when you see things that you disagree with that the influence that has the heaviest effect on how you respond is not faith. See, the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. You know what the devil would love to do? Influence what comes out of your mouth. Because he understands you have the ability. You know, pastor says it all the time. Like kind produces like kind. So in other words, God spoke things into existence. We're made in his image. So guess what we do? Speak things into existence. Now let's just think back over the last seven days. What have you spoken into existence? Get that car running yet? Is it 12 o'clock yet? <laughs> Heck, 11.45? <laughs> Listen. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, that there is a way that seems right to a man. It appears straight to him, but it ends in the way of death. 
Do you understand that what the devil would love to do is find something that you are passionate about and instead of getting in front of you to slow you down, he'll get behind you and start pushing you and pushing you beyond the boundaries of God, pushing you to the point that your passions are no longer subject to God, pushing you to the point that you've actually put that passion ahead of God. You understand that? I mean, let, let, let's really be honest with ourselves. Now, this is a faith message. Somebody say faith. This is a faith message. You say, well, how so? Because we are to live by faith. We don't live based on what we see. We quote that scripture all the time. You know, I walk by faith, not by sight. Do you really? Do you really? How many of us over the years when certain things happen in our society got so unglued, became something other than a righteous, born-again believer? Because we see things that we don't like. Listen, I get it. I see things all the time I don't like. But guess what? I'm still required. I'm still expected by God to be a man of faith. Can we say amen to that? Listen, we got to think about what we're thinking about. What influences you or your thoughts, your actions, your words, or your post, or what comes out of your mouth when you see an LGBTQ plus agenda being pushed? or a person that lives that kind of lifestyle? What's influencing you? Do we speak things that are disrespectful? Do we speak things out of bitterness? You know, the Bible talks about railing, you know. It says there should never be railing for railing or evil for evil. Can we say amen to that? So if a person is living a lifestyle that the Bible says is evil, it's not my response to come back with evil. That don't make sense. But how many of us have been there? Don't raise your hand. <clears throat> Listen, if we get honest, it's probably a fair percentage of us that have been there. I'm not saying that you've backsliding and you're on your way to hell. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, but have you stepped away from who God has called you to be? In that moment, are you not walking by faith? In that moment, are you not living by faith? Let me tell you something. Love is never, somebody say never. Love is never a position of weakness. Can we say amen to that? Love is never that. It was love that kept Jesus on that cross for you and I. So you remember that the next time you don't want to walk in it. 
It was love that kept Jesus. It was love that sent Jesus to the cross and kept him up there. So it's never a position of weakness. God is love. To think that love is weakness would suggest that, would suggest that God is weak. And I don't know about you, I don't serve a weak God. Come on, I don't serve a weak God. Can we say amen to that? Yes. So now I need to think about what I'm thinking about. Now I need to examine myself. Man, am I saying and doing things that are really acts of faithlessness? Because somebody lives a certain lifestyle? Now listen, I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying that it's right. What I'm talking about is, what should my response be? That person, that situation, do they see love in me? You know the Bible says that God is love, amen? So I can use those words interchangeably. So I can say, do they see love in me? Or I can say, do they see God in me? Now, where does he live? Oh, okay. So you know what I can't say? Well, I can't do that. I just don't understand it. I, I, I. You know what? I is always in the middle of sin. Some of y'all getting that now, you know. S-I, oh, S-I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of things in life that I'm meant to overcome, I'm meant to go through, but I can't do it in myself. I can't. See, we come up on things and situations and we go, you know what, that's too hard. I actually, can I share a little bit? I actually, my wife and I got into an argument. <gasps> you guys argue? Every now and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, used to be real bad, you know. Thank God, you know, that he's, we've allowed him in and he's changed some things, you know. And I said, you know what? I guess I'm just going to have to rise up above this situation because you keep doing it and it keeps making me mad. So I guess I'm just going to have to use my faith Grow stronger in the Lord so where this situation doesn't bother me anymore. And I'm like, okay, I didn't plan on saying that. <laughs> that that's not what I was thinking. But you know what? That was faith. And my wife looked at me as to say, now you got it, you know. <laughs> I'm talking about faith. See, 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 we don't want to be these people that come in here and it's just assembly line. We just, we come in, we speak to the people that we're comfortable with, we sit down, we stand up on cue, we sit back down, and we stand up on cue. If, if Ashley or somebody says, come on, everybody, then, okay, that's time to get up. You know what I'm saying? Okay, now it's time to sit down. Okay, now, now pastor's up speaking, so let me sit down and, and let me be quiet, you know. And then church is over. I say bye to the people that I'm comfortable with, and then I live. I live as if there's no real no real influence 
of God. It's just kind of general, you know. You know, I, you know, I stop at the red light, and then I go. You know, I'm not breaking any laws. You know, I'm paying attention to the speed limit, you know. But we were made to go beyond that. Can we say amen to that? Do you know that there's people in here waiting for you to just say hello to them? There's folks waiting. And listen, you say, well, Brother Rick, that's not in my comfort zone. Well, let me tell you something about comfort zones. Get comfortable being outside of your, comfortable, your comfort zone. My wife tells me all the time, I'll ask her, you know, on the way home, so, so how was it? You did good. You did good. You always do good. Uh, you always say that, you know. And I say, could you tell I was nervous? And she goes, you nervous? <laughs> you know, no, seriously, could you tell I was nervous? She goes, no, I, I, I didn't know that. I said, yeah. I said, I get up there, and I have to come out of my comfort zone. I'd rather sit down there just like, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, good word, good word, you know. That's what I would rather do. But I find that some of my greatest or really my greatest breakthroughs, my greatest moments when I really get to see who I am in Christ is when I come out of my comfort zone. When I walk up to that person who lives a life of sin and I say to them, hey, um, you know, the Lord just wanted me to bless you. Can I pay for your meal? They go, you want to pay for my meal? Yeah, I want to pay for your meal. Well, sure, go ahead. <laughs> you know, hey, can, matter of fact, can I get a to-go order? Go ahead, you know. <laughs> we live by faith, amen. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. And then I can say to them yesterday, now this is, I'm, I'm not boasting of me, understand that. I'm talking about faith. Somebody say faith. So I'm pumping gas and I'm on the phone. And, you know, have you seen gas prices lately? You know, okay. So I'm pumping gas and I'm in my wife's truck, which she's got that big thing, you know, <laughs> that only wants premium. I put some plus in there the other day and it shut off on me, you know. <laughs> so it demands premium. So I'm on the phone, I'm, I'm pumping gas, and this lady, she's got another big SUV, and she pulls alongside of me, and she's looking at me, and I thought she was checking her brother out, you know what I mean, you know. I'm pumping gas, I'm on the phone, and she's looking at me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm taking, you know, you can go ahead and look, but I, I'm taking, you know. you know. I'm up there like, hey, you know. Well, I can already hear my sister Roz thinking she wasn't checking you out. Yes, Roz, you're right. <laughs> she said, um, I guess it was her daughter. She came up, and I saw her daughter pump gas, and I, I didn't pay attention to how quick or whatever it was. And Alyssa said, excuse me, sir. And I'm on the phone. She goes, I don't have any gas money. Can you put some gas in my truck? And I'm thinking, I just saw somebody pump gas, and you know, 
but I, I, immediately I just shook my head yes, because I'm on the phone, and, I, and I'm pumping gas, and I'm like, yeah. So then I come over, and I look at the gas tank, and they put $2 in. $2. And she got a big one. I mean, this truck, I'm, you know. So I'm still on the phone, you know. And I'm like, yeah, okay, uh-huh. And I'm, you know, and, and, and I, put, I put quite a bit of gas in there. Lady starts her truck. She sees that gas here come, but it didn't, you know, it didn't go back, you know. And so she's smiling. And I, I told the guy I was talking to, I said, hold on for a second. I said, hey, she said, Thank you so much. I said, I have one request of you. I said, do you know what Catalpa and Norman is in Dayton? She said, yeah, I know where that is. I said, you know that church that sits up kind of in the back on that hill? Yeah, I know where that is. I need you to be there at 4 o'clock. She said, tomorrow at 4? I said, yeah. She said, tomorrow at 4, Catalpa and Norman, I'll be there. Now, from certain things that were done, and, I, I, and just because I believe what the Holy Spirit was showing me, they weren't Christian. So I could have said a lot of different things. No, I got my own gas tank to fill up. I could have said, <laughs> if you would, you know, instead of you being in there buying a, a Miller's Genuine Draft, you should have used that on your, on your gas. I could have said that. Pastor Phyllis is like, what's a Miller's Genuine Draft? <laughs> Beer. <laughs> but you know what? My response was dictated by love. Can we say amen to that? My response was one of faith. Because her truck was as big as my wife's truck. And I put just as much gas in her truck as I did my wife. But it was dictated by faith. Why am I saying this? Saul was chief of sinners before he became Paul and wrote most of the New Testament. He started preaching after Ananias prayed for him. You guys know that story. So here's Saul, living a sinful life, persecuting Christians, doing with all, all kind of stuff. But on his way, part of his conversion, he had to meet up with Ananias. And the Bible says that when Ananias prayed for him, something like scales fell off his eyes and he started preaching. Well, here's what I want to say to you. That sinner committing that sin that you hate, which you should hate, the sin. There's no, there's no, there's no doubt about that. You should be, it, 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 it should be something that you are totally against, the sin. That sin that that sinner is committing that you just don't understand. And I get it. There's a lot of stuff that I see today, I go, man, I, 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 just, I just don't understand that. I don't even understand how you are involved in that, how you live that kind of lifestyle, I don't understand. And as I have shared many times from this pulpit, I'm from the west side of Chicago, and I still see stuff that I go, I don't understand. I thought I had seen it all. I'm seeing things today that I'm going, how, how do you 
what even interests you about that? So I get it. But I want to caution you, be careful not to mistreat. Be careful not to borderline hate. Be careful not to respond in bitterness and disrespect because that sinner may be a Saul on their way to Paul and you may be their Ananias. Now you're going, okay, wait a minute, brother. I mean, there's things that I see that I disagree with. Listen, me, so do I. So for the record, I just want you to know, you can disagree. You can correct, but it has to be in love. It has to be in love. And if it's love, then it's being led by God. It's being done according to his direction and not yours. See, it's not this thing of, you know, well, you know what? That's, that John, every time I see him, you know what? I'm just going to go tell him now. Listen, you know hell is waiting for you because of the lifestyle that you live. Now, I told him. Somebody said, well, that's right. Well, a sinful lifestyle will take you to hell. But what I just did, it may sound right, but it's not righteous. That's not righteous. See, my response to him should be led by the Lord. My, my response to him should be in obedience to the Lord and not what I think, what I feel, and what I'm going through in the moment? Or did I just anoint myself Holy Ghost Junior? And now I'm trying to step, no, no. I am to be led by God. L let me show you something. Romans chapter 8. We're not going to be too much longer. Romans 8. Let's look at verse... 12, Romans 8, 12. Now, this is a message about faith. Somebody say faith. It says, therefore, brethren, oh, what, wait a minute, let me stop there. Who are the brethren? Us, the, the, the church. Okay, save folks. Okay. Now, listen to what the Bible says to save folks. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Now, wait a minute. This is talking to saved people. It says in verse 13, for if, if, somebody say if, ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Now, that's to the brethren. That ain't the brothers, you know. I mean, that's the, that's the church, you know. Christians save people. It says if we live after the flesh, death is what we will reap. It says, but if, somebody say if, ye through the Spirit, 
do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. 14, here we go. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they, come on, somebody say they, are the sons of God. <clears throat> so everything that we do, we have to be led by the Spirit of God, and it keeps us in a position where we are the children of God. Can we say amen to that? So now that's why I got to look at what's influencing me. What's influencing me? You know, what, a, what am I uh, watching and listening to that I may agree with, but am I allowing it to influence, influence me more than God? Has it reached a position in my life where I, I watch it all the time, I leave the house, I get in my car, and I'm listening to it on the radio all the time, and now before you know it, I'm speaking from that. You say, well, how is that possible? Well, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. What you take in on a regular basis, on a consistent basis. Listen, I'm not, I'm, listen, you, you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Can we say amen to that? So you're saying, well, 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 well Brother Rick, how, how much can I watch and how, how, long should I, how long should I watch? Well, we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But we have to start asking the question, what's influencing me? What's leading me? Is it my culture? Is it how we grew up? Is it what society has established as the thing to be? Do you realize that you're the just, not just in here, but when you leave out of here? See, I believe, I'm just crazy enough to believe I'm a man of God all the time. So a buddy of mine that called me, matter of fact, during that gas station thing, he called me and he said, hey, are you busy? Are you, are you praying for somebody? And I started laughing because I just believe I'm a man of God all the time. I believe in the redemptive work that Jesus Christ did in my life. So you know what? When I'm in here and if I get a chance to pray for somebody, I believe God's going to heal them. If I'm at Walmart, and I get a chance to pray for somebody. I believe God's going to heal them. Even though they have pajamas and house shoes on, and I don't understand that. I really don't, you know, I really don't understand that. I, our daughter, I would tell our daughter as she was growing up, if I ever catch you at Walmart, the police will have to come and get me. If you're at Walmart with pajamas, now listen. You may say, well, Brother Rick, that's me. Hey, well, I'm not beating you up. I'm just saying I don't understand it. And what I'm also saying is this. Because I don't understand it, I don't let that, I don't allow that to be a barrier to which God can't use me. See, my faith doesn't cease to exist or operate because I'm looking at something that I don't understand. 
or I'm looking at something that maybe I don't agree with. Guess what? I'm still a man of God. And guess what? You still are God's man or God's woman. Can we say amen to that? It may be for that very cause that you are there. They need somebody that's going to just bust through, you know, all the distractions and all the confusion. You know the devil is the author of confusion, right? Yeah. So we see a lot of confusing things out there. Well, there's no wonder. But it may be for that cause that you are there. Maybe that might be a Saul converting to a Paul. See, when God spoke to Ananias, Ananias was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, that's the guy that have people like me arrested. <laughs> you know, that's the guy. And God said, no, 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 see, you don't understand. I've been working on it. Now, God is not a respecter of persons. Can we say amen to that? There are some people out there that God is working on. You just don't know anything about it. You ever... A goofy question. I was going to say, you ever plant something? I forgot where I'm at. <laughs> you know, but you can, you can plant seed, put the dirt over it, you know, it waters and sun. And, and when that first little blade pops out, if you were to grab that and pull it out the ground, you would see roots that have already been established. You just couldn't see it. How about we be people of faith and go, God, I believe you're doing a work. God, this person that's standing in front of me, I can't see anything worth anything. <laughs> but I believe, God. I believe, even if you haven't already begun a work, today is the day. You ever been in church? And somebody preach and go, say, today is my day, you know. And we do that, today is my day. And we speak that. And we believe that. And guess what? That's faith in action. Well, maybe the world, maybe some people that don't come to church for whatever reason, maybe they need some of that. Are you willing to be used by God? Are you willing to be that person that says, okay, God, you can use me. This is going to be a faith moment. Well, Brother Rick, I've tried that, and people have cursed me out and walked off. Okay. So what? You going to quit? To you men, how many times did your wife tell you no when you were courting her and dating her and asking her to marry you and she finally said yes because she got tired of you? You didn't quit then. Come on. Most of us, at something, we're not quitters. It's just that it tends to be the wrong thing. Where am I getting at? Where am I going with this? It takes faith to not do what you think and feel like you should do sometimes. It takes faith. It takes faith 
to look at a person <clears throat> that's living a lifestyle that disrespects our Lord and Savior. But it takes faith to offer them love, kindness, gentleness. I was out to dinner. We'll wrap this up. I was out to dinner with some really great people, some really great people, my wife and I, and we wanted to bless them. And they got to the restaurant before us and, and blessed us, you know. And so we just had a fantastic time. So we had dessert afterwards. And I think my wife and I had to repent. After we had the dessert and left the restaurant, those great people, they went home, you know, because they said, whoo, we've had a good meal, we're full, we're on our way home. Not my wife and I. We're like, you want to go get some ice cream now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you want to go to Stone, uh, Cold Stone, or yeah, you know, and let's get the, the, what is it, the, I don't know, blondie or blonde, whatever, I don't know, whatever it is. Strawberry and, and caramel and nuts and all that. So, you know, we eating that and we just walking and probably living in gluttony at the moment, you know. <laughs> but, but, but we just had a good time. And we hadn't had a moment like that in a while. So, you know, we're out at the Green out in Beaver Creek. You know, that's an outside mall and they got uh, uh, condos and apartments and restaurants and all that. So, you know, the speed limit is only like 15, okay. So we're in that big thing she has, that truck, and we just cruising at about 15. And I see a car come up behind me. I see the lights coming real fast, and it tried to go around me. But that actually wasn't a lane. It was really only one lane. That was where people park. And so the sidewalks are kind of high. So that person thought they could go around me and they saw this big sidewalk that they were going to crash into, so they slam on the brakes, kind of swerved my way a little bit, and we all stopped. And this guy, I, I, I rolled my window down, and I turned around, and he begins to yell out every profanity he can put together. Now, I done just had a nice time with my wife. I done had two desserts. I'm feeling real good, you know. Sugar levels might have been a little high, but I turned around, and I mean, I wanted, Brother Rick, you, yes, Brother Rick, yes, amen. Wanted to, I'm looking at that guy, unless you have been trained with a special set of skills, you are no match for what I'm getting ready to give you. That's what I thought. And, I, and, he, and he kept yelling, you know, all kind of profanities at me. But here's what I got to say. During that dinner with that great couple that we were talking about, they kept saying, Brother Rick, you're such an awesome man of God. And when they said that the first time, you know, I was kind of like, thank you, you know. It's the Lord. Definitely not me. <laughs> Roz would agree, you know. But they kept saying it. And they kept saying it. And I don't know if they had any idea of how many times they said it. And they kept saying it. And they just kept, and I'm going, okay, okay. yeah, thank you. Well, I'm going to tell you why they kept saying it. Because 30 minutes later in that moment, what was on my mind? Brother Rick, you're such a great man of God, you know? <laughs> And I said, 
So if I go punch this guy's lights out, then am I still a great man of God? <laughs> I said, no, no. And the guy looks at me, yells out some more foul language. And the Holy Ghost must have took over. I guess a, a look came across my face. He said, well, I'm just saying I, I'm, in a, I'm in a hurry, you know. And all I could say was, thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. And I think I kind of, I think I said it, brother, you better thank God I'm saved today. But I never did get out the truck, which I was wanting to do. Here's why I'm going to end, and here's why. The Bible says this, James 4, 7. I think this is the amplifier that I have. It says, so submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. So the Bible says to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Here's my question to you. Submit what? Just the things you feel like submitting? Submit just what's an emergency? Submit just what's hard? What about submitting things that you already feel like you know what you should do? Is that included in there? When we submit to God, it means submit everything about you. When we submit to God, it means submitting everything about you. Can we say amen to that? So in that moment, I knew what I wanted to do. Let this brother know something. <laughs> but guess what? By faith. Somebody say, by faith. I said, no. No. That is not what I need to do. I had all these feelings. I had all these justifications. Man, this man almost hit my wife's car. Man, this man almost hit the car that my wife is in. And those things are true. But I was really using that to justify my response. Those things were true. But I really was looking for a justification to the response that I wanted to give. That way, when the police come, I can say, well, man, my wife was in danger, you know. <laughs> but I had to walk by faith. Why? Because to just live by faith. Understand this. You were never meant to live life without a constant dependency on God. L listen, don't take for granted that you always know what you need to do. Now, I get it. We learn things. We have experiences with God, and we begin to learn, okay, that's what God wants me to do. I understand that. But there is never a problem with going to God for anything in your life. Why? Because this life that we live, we live by faith. So I got to ask myself, do I submit my marriage to God? 
Or do I just treat my marriage any way I feel like? Do I respond to the difficulties in my marriage based on how I think and feel? Do I submit my finances to God? The Bible says submit to God. Do I submit my finances? Or do I spend simply because I have? Do I spend simply because I want? Or do I talk to God about it? Do I submit my thoughts, my feelings about tough stuff? The things that are going on in our world. The direction that our government takes. Do I submit my thoughts and feelings about those things to God? Or do I just respond? These are questions we have to ask ourselves. Because I'm telling you now, what God is expecting is for us to submit. Can we say amen to that? God is expecting you to come to him and say, what do you want me to do? And he says, I've been waiting for you to ask me that. I've been waiting for you to ask me that. So here's a hint. Get ready to get out of your comfort zone. Because what I felt and I asked, I prayed, I said, God, give me, let your, let your Holy Spirit, let the gifts of the Spirit be alive in me today, operate in me today. And I kept <clears throat> hearing and feeling that this church is shifting in a good way. This church is, and here's what I heard, maturing. You know, the Bible says when I was a child, I did childish things, you know, but when I became a man, I put away. You know what's childish? To mistreat somebody just because they believe differently than you. That's childish. And see, today, we are not those kind of people. Can we say amen to that? Listen, are you saying agree with them? Never said that once. No. But what I am saying is let the Lord, by faith, dictate how we respond to those difficult situations. You never know. That might be a saw on its way to Paul and needs you to use your faith for that moment for them to just break through in life. With every head bowed, Father, I just thank you right now for what you're doing with us. I thank you, Father, for growth. I thank you that this is all by faith. Faith in you, faith in these promises. I thank you, Father, that it's here for us. Now, God, just, just, just touch our hearts right now. Touch our minds. And God, just help us right now to be the people you've created us to be. God, just reveal those things that hinder us, that hold us back, even if it's things that we like, even if it's things that we've grown accustomed to. If it is a hindrance, God, expose it. And God, I thank you for the breakthrough and the deliverance. In Jesus' name. Now let me ask you this question. If God was to crack the sky today, if Jesus was to appear, 
Would you go with him? Or are you not sure? In other words, if you were to die today, let me ask it that way. If you were to die today, would heaven be your destination? Or would it be hell? Some of you are confident. You say, I know. And if I were to ask you, how do you know? You say, because I believe in Jesus Christ. I've received him as my Lord and Savior. Some of you might think, well, I'm not sure. I'm a good person. I try to do what's right. But let me tell you something. Heaven is so valuable, you can't earn it. You can't do enough to earn it. So, if that's you, if you're going, you know what, I don't know, or you know what, listening to this message, I think I kind of have backslidden a little bit, or maybe you've never been saved. But if, you're, if you want heaven to be your home, eternity with God, you're not sure, let me see you raise your hand right now. If that's you, Right. I didn't see a hand raised. Did I miss one? All right. Well, if that train comes, we like to hear people say it that way, you know. Uh, I think that everybody would be on board. Amen? Amen? Well, listen, let me just pronounce blessing over you. Father, I just thank you for this congregation. God, I am so privileged to be a part of this family. And God, I just decree and declare blessing and breakthrough over them right now. God, I thank you that more is to come. It is not over with. It's not done. There is still more for them to do, and they're going to do it in faith. I thank you for the people they're going to touch by faith in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, let's give the Lord a hand praise today. Hallelujah. Listen, we love you guys. You are dismissed. We'll see you on Wednesday. God bless.